Hello, my dears, my sweetie darlings. It's T, and this is Burning Tarot. Or Burning Tarot, if you prefer. I am T. I said that already, didn't I? Um, and I haven't posted a recording in a while. Thank you, those of you who've emailed me to say, well, why not? Are you okay? I'm fine. I do have a foot injury, so I'm not taking my walks. My walks are one of the main ways I connect with the earth. I do my best to stay at least a tiny bit this side of sane. And that's typically where I do my readings as well. So, no walks, not so many readings. And I did record one uh, which was eaten up in that Mercury retrograde. <laughs> So, sorry, I'm back. We're just a handful of listeners here who do the burning tarot thing. I appreciate your presence and I appreciate your messages and your purchases. I am having fun with those personal readings too. And I'm caught up except for one astrological reading. So that means if anybody wants to sign up, you certainly can. All right, so the card we have pulled for the current period is the Wheel of Fortune. Uh, I pulled from the Morgan Greer deck. It's quite colorful. And I photographed the card under the moon, the full moon in Virgo last night. Moon and snow. The Wheel of Fortune is kind of a funny card. Um, there's a lot of different ways to read it. And of course, there's a million different systems of reading everything. I'm going to tell you what I see on this particular card from the Morgan Greer. And this is a current printing of the Morgan Greer from the 70s. The printing is probably, you know, within the last five years. So it's quite bright. Wheel of Fortune X, Roman numeral 10, it says at the top. It has a bright blue background meant to be a sky and sometimes the sky looks like that if you go down to the tropics <clears throat> here wherever i am 45th parallel ish in the woods of oregon the sky is a different type of blue with sun and snow on the ground and a little haze of cloud over our blue back on the wheel of fortune card we see a wheel thingy. It's uh, rendered quite literally so that the hand of God is coming out of a cloud to push the wheel around with a handle. It looks like, you know, you're grinding coffee or something. It's the mill of fortune. Maybe they're grinding heritage spelt or something. Um, but riding on this wheel are a man and a woman, presumed king and queen. He is wearing a red cloak and very fetching boots. She is wearing a purple gown and her hair's in a bun. They are, as is the case in many of these old decks I use, white people. And, um, and he's got a beard and mustache because, you know, this was the 70s. That was the thing when they made this deck. Um, they're wearing crowns. He's holding aloft a golden grail cup of wine. They're holding hands. So they're having a good old time. They look like 
you know, like in movies of the 60s or 70s, I'm sorry, the 60s or 50s, they'll show like the teenagers went on a date uh, to the fair and they got on the Ferris wheel and it's very romantic when they get to the top. These guys kind of look like that or like the, the married couple version of that. They're loafing around at the top of the Ferris wheel, having a good time, looking out over the town. He is facing us, so he's got this very like, hey, what's up? Look on his face, holding up that goblet. Woo! She's looking down because she's going, I think we're at the edge of a cliff. And someone has just been thrown off of this wheel. I'm not sure how concerned she is about all that. We don't see enough of her face. But you can see... Um, that someone in red tights and green booties and a yellow tunic has just been flung from the wheel of fate, presumably to his doom. So there we go, to their doom. Um, and that's really what the wheel of fortune is like. You can be on top of it, kissing your sweetheart one moment, and then flung to your demise the next it's all part of the fun so if you ascribe to a belief system that has a particular way of using the wheel whether that comes from science or from Vedic astrology certain notions from your branch of Buddhism you might take a moment to think about what the wheel as a symbol, means to you, well beyond the tarot. I mean, it's on your car, if you got a car. It's on the wheels of the train, if you take the train. It's in your life. Even if you haven't thought about it in a while, it's there. In Berkeley, I used to live in Berkeley and go to school there, and uh, go to college, And I remember going up to the hills to a, hmm, some kind of little Buddhist sanctuary we would go to and meditate. And they had those giant prayer wheels, the ones that make weird noises, spinning and spinning in the backyard all the time up in the Berkeley Hills. And you kind of go, how is that working? Is that like plugged in or is that the wind or is this like some kind of woo-woo magic? And then you let yourself be mesmerized by the wheels turning. Wheels within wheels, right? So when we draw the wheel of fortune, it can be a bit of a mystery. Like which of the gazillion aspects of wheelness are we being asked to consider? Well, hey... Your interpreter, your reader can make the call. That's me. Or you can. So I'm going to blather about this a while because blathering is what we do here on Burning Daryl. But I encourage you to spend a little time just sitting with the notion of a wheel. Let's talk about fate. So the wheel of fortune. Wheel of fortune is the idea that we're playing with here. So when we draw this card, and we did draw it, by the way, in late August or early September, when we draw it, on the most mundane level, it often suggests 
that all of our best laid plans may be going awry or simply need to be set aside for a little while. That all of our concern with detail and control, controlling the little details of our lives to make them line up just properly, that may not be very worthwhile. Or it may, it may need to be shown that that is, that's just personal, that's small, and that control we feel can be a total illusion. We don't really know how the universe works and whether our little everyday decisions have enormous effects, like a butterfly flapping its wings. To use the old example, um, or whether we're kind of fooling ourselves because we think we're planning everything out to go a certain way to achieve our goals because that's what we do as modern people, achieve goals. That's what we're taught to think is important. And yet sometimes fate comes along and just delivers assorted weirdness for us to handle collectively, individually. And this makes it very clear that those best laid plans, that we shouldn't mistake that little map as the territory. We don't even know what territory we're going to be walking into. So sometimes if we spend all of our time map making for presumed territory, it's not really going to get us there. Wheel of Fortune, I think, is kind of fun that way. You know, it kind of knocks us off our, our, <laughs> our wheel, our lawn chair, whatever, and um, makes us look at the larger picture, makes us consider that we're part of something huge and that we need to be flexible enough to roll with what that hugeness is doing at any particular moment. I think everybody had that year in the last year, right? We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of everything getting shut down for COVID-19. That's a long time. Wow. And whatever stuff you had in mind for 2020, maybe some of it happened for you. A lot of everyone's plans did not happen. There's a lot of, whoa, figuring out something new to do in the moment because you have to. But the Wheel of Fortune can also remind us that that can be kind of fun. Life isn't just a plodding thing where we, you know, set up our bill pay on the internet and, um, <laughs> you know, these sorts of uh, bureaucratic details that consume us, you know. Um, I'd like to have this certification by the time I'm age 38, and so I set out to do it. Some of those goal-oriented things can be great, but they can trap us, right? They can make it look like we're in control. They can make us feel like we're running the show, and it's all about us. Mm, maybe, sometimes. When we pulled this card in late August, early September, uh, here on Burning Tarotlandia, um, we were in a hot, hot wind up by the Metolius River. Speaking of wind, the minute I said that, the wind started going. What do you know? Can you hear those, hear those ponderosas? 
blowing in the wind. So we were in a hot wind, not like today's cold wind. And um, we drew from the golden tarot deck, drew the Wheel of Fortune. And where that ended up going was very much in the direction of, well, here you are worrying about all these little details. I was certainly worrying about several important things at that time, mostly having to do with my son's education in this mystery age of uh, unknowns. And lots of things were going awry, and I was angry with some people and just flummoxed by other situations. And I felt like I had to fix all this. That was my job as the mom. And make lots of plans so that my son could socialize despite COVID. And, and, you know, well, here's the people that flaked on that plan, so I better find some other people for a new plan. Da-da-da-da-da. And right after we drew that card... The fires came. I mean, they really came. They um, were very, very close to the spot where I drew that card and where one of you, dear listeners, lives. And you had to watch the fire just climbing the ridge over your house. (laughs) Terrifying. Um, And then all of us ended up on smoke lockdown here in this local area for, I don't know, 10 days or something, two weeks. And you just start going insane during that, by the way. Um, it's not just being in your house. It's I've been stuck in my house because of my foot. Very, very different from being stuck in your house and having the world outside be a gray blob that you can't breathe. So that was what the Wheel of Fortune was telling us that time. It was saying, you know... Shit's coming down. It's going to get interesting. So don't get too attached. Don't get too attached to those little plans and ideas. For me, it was interesting because of the school stuff I mentioned about my son. Um, to realize that I had really expended a great deal of energy fussing and futzing and <laughs> this and that, you know. When all of those plans, if they had gone through properly... They would have all had to been put aside anyway, because we all would have been trapped in our houses. Um, And these were plans for like outdoor education, stuff like that. So that was kind of funny to me. And that was the universe perhaps saying, well, maybe, maybe you can approach education without the stick up your ass and just hope that your son does okay this year with whatever random socializing and or education happened to come down the pike. That's what we've done. It's worked pretty well. So the Wheel of Fortune can cause us to look at kind of fatedness and recognizing our own smallness. And then it can get really literal. Like just, here, I'm going to knock this golden goblet out of your hand, along with all your pretensions <laughs> and your, your illusion that you know everything and that you should plan everything and that you're even smart enough to plan everything. So I kind of like the wheel because it says to me, it's okay to suspend my precious plans, thoughts, etc. to make way for the unknown. And you can call that fate or destiny or God or some kind of weird scientific inevitability. You can contemplate free will is something I do a lot. 
do we have it? Does it exist? Hard to say. Some scientists saying are starting to say, we might not really have that much of it. Some people are like, yes, it's all free will. You make your own destiny. Pull up those bootstraps. It's fun stuff to, to consider. And the wheel tells us, yeah, free will might have something to do with it. And so do other things, big mystery things that we do not and cannot understand. That's exciting. Sure, it's disturbing. It messes with my plans and my thoughts and my importance. But to me, it's exciting to know, to be reminded that I'm just a very small cog in a very big, oh, wheel. I accidentally started that metaphor there. So Wheel of Fortune this time might be taking us in that direction again. It might not be so dramatic. Like, here's a fighter, you're stuck in your house, and you're horribly worried about your other friends and family and other places that are burning down. might not be like that. But there's a suggestion here to roll with the universe. The wheel is a turn-in, and if you feel like you're fighting an uphill battle, if there's a lot of resistance to what you're trying to do right now, and I don't mean um, in the sense of, you know, I'm trying to save the wolves, and I'm having trouble getting that legislation passed. That, I think, is a legit kind of resistance. But sometimes we feel little snags of resistance as we go about our daily lives or as we go about the, um, the strategies and the tactics that we've come up with for whatever, buying our groceries, saving the wolves, getting the shit done. Uh, sometimes if there's sufficient resistance, like nothing's working, things aren't moving... Sometimes it's because it's not the right time. Sometimes it's because we've perhaps chosen the wrong strategy or tactics. Wheel of Fortune amplifies the resistance within ourselves because sometimes our intuition senses that something's not right. And so maybe our own sense of resistance, we can feel it more strongly. And sometimes it's external. And it's just the universe going, dude, Settle down on this. It's not working right now. I have something else for you to pay attention to. How am I going to get your attention? Little ego-obsessed American. Well, American or UK dweller. That's, I think, all of us here. How's the universe supposed to get our attention? Well, hopefully it doesn't always have to take the form of a giant fire or a pandemic, you know. So we let it in. And we allow, we allow our own plans to falter or pause. We allow ourselves to abandon or temporarily leave plans that aren't working. We take joy in the fact that we don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. Or for that matter, today. What's going to happen this afternoon? I don't know. So it's a little, it feels like a loosening to me. We are encouraged to loosen up and uh, calm down a little and allow there to be some spaciousness so that whatever comes down the pike, we do have a little bit of room for it. 
When the Wheel of Fortune comes up and we haven't left any room for changes of plan, for new information, even for new opportunities, you know, new fun stuff, you know, we can kind of blow it on the Wheel of Fortune time because we've overscheduled ourselves or just sort of overpacked our brains with information. And this is, um, you know, I talk about this kind of thing a lot. I've written a lot of articles about how we are affected by our technology and media. And this is something that has changed. You know, how we are dealing with that part of our lives is very different from what we were dealing with even just 10 years ago, much less 50 years ago. So Wheel of Fortune would suggest put some spaciousness, some space back in. If your entire day is filled with work obligations, um, being with family, being with friends, taking care of responsibilities, and listening to podcasts like this or watching the news, then that's too much. You need more than like your morning 20-minute meditation worth of clear uh, you know, space. It's uncomfortable. You don't have to like meditate during it, although some people choose to. But unpacking some of the excess is a good way to make sure you're kind of leaving, uh, leaving some space around what you're doing. And then when the universe says, hey, we're going to shift over in this direction, and that could be a, a one-week shift, could be a couple weeks, here's the fire stay in your house, or it could be something bigger. It could be, you know, here's a new direction that you might want to follow in your life, or here's a an incontrovertible tragedy that you have to confront with someone you love. It's just easier to do that stuff if you're not packed all the way to the gills with um, information and duties and your time completely um, completely taken up in communication, reading, watching TV, and obligations. So those are some of the fun, interesting things that the Wheel of Fortune brings. And if you have a sense of fatedness or destiny and you're not sure whether you're really doing what you're supposed to within that fate or destiny in this moment, maybe take a moment to um, think about a wheel, meditate on a wheel, not make any huge decisions about what you're supposed to be or do right now, but let the wheel, the ever-turning wheel, provide a fine metaphor and of course our brains can be seen that way too right mind is perpetual motion its symbol is the wheel so there's that whole business too you could say well this is all just happening in the realm of mind anyway but that's getting a bit you know super duper philosophical metaphysical and this podcast often stays focused on our real bounded lives of this lifetime. So I'm going to respond to the Wheel of Fortune by continuing to uh, give it space. I feel like having an injury and some other um, health things going on, I've been sort of forced to give the wheel some space anyway. Um, and, and enjoy the sense of movement that that wheel has. And if you are at the top of the wheel right now, drinking your wine, freaking enjoy it, right? You know, 
It's not going to last forever. We all know that. And that's fine. So really savor what we've got in this moment. What I've got in this moment is you guys. And thank you. Um, I've got these trees and this snow. And I can't walk through the forest, but I can sit here on my little stool and appreciate its beauty. I've got the sunshine. Last night I had the full moon. I've got my beautiful family. I live in an amazing state. So the Wheel of Fortune also brings to me a sense of thankfulness, appreciation. And of course the G word, overused as it is, gratitude. There's your blither blather. Hope you enjoyed it. Much love to all y'all from Tea and Burning Tarot.